Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Hey, what's our at symbol? I don't know what that means. So I don't I, know Instagram. So I used to call them handles until, you know, our you know, expert engineer, Barista Brian, said, Audiohive.com, by the yeah, way. Audiohive.com, Chicago Land. No, it's, um, he's like, wow, they're, they're like at symbols or hashtags. Okay, so on Instagram, yeah. which, which we, we have a you know, fairly good presence on Instagram, we are sober.coffeepodcast. Okay. Why, did, why does somebody want to follow that? You know, we put some pretty sexy pictures about sobriety and oh, pictures of me. Well, we, we I mean that's synonymous with sexy. Yeah, well, we usually scrub you out of them, but that's okay. <laughs> Detected. Yeah, that's all right, man. You know, but we want to keep your mom in touch with us, so you know she, she's our number one fan. Yeah, so she's good. A, she's a big Instagrammer. Yeah, it's good, and we're on yeah. uh, sober dot coffee pod on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, at stay sober today on Twitter. And our website. It's sober.coffee. Sober.coffee.com. So no, everybody sober. gets it coffee. Like, man, we can't find your website. Sober.coffee.com. Like, no, and we, and we just found out that, and, and I'm going to I'm gonna ask our, our guest to I know, pipe, we, we pipe have in here for three, man. Table for three. Emil's here. But Emil, if they yes. go to another one, what is it? Lastcall.coffee? Lastcall.coffee. And that'll point them right that to Sober.coffee. That puts them right coffee. to Sober.coffee. So if you're hanging around, you know, late at night and it's last call time, just <laughs> I love that. type in Lastcall.coffee. Either one of those are easy to remember. That's right. So, That's yeah. right. So, yeah, we have table for three today. Got a really good friend of mine in uh, for coffee with us today. I've known Emil for a few years now, and... Um, I think it's a real dichotomy that he's here because uh, <laughs> he's using one of my favorite words, everybody. He, yeah, he uses his dichotomy. He lo- dichotomy. Oh, he loves dichotomy. Wait, I have to look that up. Uh, Two opposed or contradictory groups. All right, there, there you go. go. So anyway, I uh, got a little bit of history with Emil, um, a great group that I go to, a meeting I go to on Saturday mornings with a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of quality people on the road to recovery and uh, got to meet him there and, and, um, and the more I got to know him, the more I, I got to realize that uh, he's living uh, the 12th step. He's living his purpose, and he's out there in the community doing things that, you know, I just I find amazing. So um, I won't get to the end of the book there, but uh, the beginning of the book is that Emil's here having coffee. Emil, hello. Hello. How are you welcome, guys? Welcome, welcome. Uh, by the way, Emil's a rock star. Oh, God. He's just a rock. He's got a, he's got a face made for radio, for podcasts. Oh, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. 15 minutes of fame. I've had a couple of them. Yeah. No, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, don't worry. We will go 20 minutes for you. <laughs> so, Emil, welcome. And uh, Thank and, you for having I wanna, me. Yeah, I want to the, uh, get to some of the projects you're working on right now because I've been following them long since the beginning. But 
Uh, why don't you give our uh, uh, those listening a, a little background, a little short and skinny on sure. emo. And, you know, on Seinfeld, George Costanza once said, you know, Jerry, if you take my life and you condense it down to 20 minutes, it's really quite impressive. I love that um, show. That is so funny. Yeah. So, And just to let everybody know, he walked in with a briefcase. I know. I, so, know. I thought he was the IRS. And it's ticking, everybody. <laughs> it's ticking. I know. That's awesome. So give us a little backstory. All right. My name is Emil Burke. Um, you know, if we get into the whole synopsis of uh, where I was, what happened, where I'm at now, we're going to be here a long time. Seven so sessions. It really is. It's a really long story. Sometimes when I'm at an open, I'll let you guys know and you can come along and listen to the Festival of Lights story. Bring a lawn chair. Bring a lawn chair. Bring a, bring bring a, a lazy lunch. boy. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, you know what, I had a, I had a band, I was in a really good band, and, um, well, I guess it started a lot of the drinking, the partying, the, the cocaine use, the things that I used to do. It started when I got a son, Jonathan Brammeyer, and we were pretty big in the city, and, you know, when you do a big radio show like that, you get, like, a lot of weddings and a lot of work, and you get a lot of chances to drink and get crazy, you know. So I started to recognize, as every probably alcoholic or drug user that I know, is that I was running into a problem. And the only way out of that problem was for my continual relapse. You know, I'd go to meetings, hate everybody, think everybody's nuts at an <laughs> AA meeting or something, and then just realize that the only one that's nuts is me. But, you know, this program takes a little bit of time. For me, it took 12-step work, like you were talking about, Mike. And uh, you know uh, Gary, you know Gary L. I'll say I won't say his last name. My uh, great, great <clears throat> grand sponsor. He's a wonderful person. He really is. I met him when I was first on the corrections committee. He was the chair when I came in. So what happened to me is I registered upstairs somewhere that I had an ego problem, that I was the problem. I needed to find a higher power like we do in this program. And once I found it, it seemed like the direction took me towards the jails, which was bizarre because I was always a really good driver, especially when I drank. I checked that license plate lamps. I would check the <laughs> headlights, turn signals. You know, so I thought, and I never got a DUI. I never really spent any time in jail. And I was at an open meeting one time. And Wait, hold on. You said I never really spent any time time in jail. I spent one night. Okay. Uh, all right, I, all I right. spent a night. And I, then, I, I, I just was, caught, I caught I the word. Love the details. Yeah, right. When I was 16, I think there was the time, too, I kicked a policeman. I think he was putting me on the back of a car, and I kicked back and caught him, which led to about eight of them, you know, cuffing me and taking me in. But sure. um, in any case, I was at this open meeting in Oak Lawn, and I remember there was a, a guy, and he was from Russia, uh, him and his wife, they were open speakers. So, you know, when you're at an open meeting, everybody's listening. Nobody really talks. So at the end of the meeting, I went up to shake his hand. And what was funny is I just shook his hand, and he looked at me, and he pointed, and he said, you would do really good at the jail. And I thought, this guy doesn't even know me. How does he? Mm -hmm. How could he tell? You know, so right when somebody plants a seed like that, you start to wonder. It starts to register. Is that a higher power? Is that something? What's he talking about? Well, my background, I did have a security clearance at one time. I normally don't talk about it, you know, because I'm a veteran. <clears throat> and to go into the Thank jail. You, by the way. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. and, to, and to go into the jail with any kind of a, you know, a background that has anything to do with law enforcement is a big no-no. But it wasn't, I didn't have that much of a, a high position in law enforcement. What I did was, you know, was... Uh, what I did was some MP duties, I guess, when I was in, when I was in the service. But... 
What I'm saying is it made it register in my mind. I said, you know, I wonder if I could get an ID to go into Cook County Jail. So it got to be kind of a joke because I thought, I wonder if I still have a security clearance because I'm out of the Army now, like 20 years. And I'm thinking, I wonder if I do. So I applied. And sure enough, I got it. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go into the jail. Who wants to go into a jail? And so now I'm kind of stuck. So now I, I do go. Two guys meet me at Division 11, and I'm scared to death. And they are talking to me, and they haven't brought any of the detainees in yet. They like to be called detainees when they're in a, a county or a local jail. They don't like to be called inmates because they haven't been they haven't been convicted yet and gone to prison with their sentencing. So they don't like to be called inmates or convicts. Interesting. It yeah. is. In, in a county jail, they like they prefer to be called detainees. And it's really hard. When you hold an AA meeting in a county jail, it's so different than going into like Stateville where somebody's already sentenced. Because when they're sentenced, they already know how long they're in for and they're a lot calmer. And they know when they come to an AA meeting, they know why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas a county jail, it's a little bit more difficult to deal with them because they're anxious to get out and smoke pot or drink uh, beer sure. with the boys. Sure. You know, so it takes a little bit more. So what had happened to me is I was in Division 11, which is like the general population at Cook County Jail. And I was there for, I'm going to say a year, maybe a year and a half. And a commander came in and he said, Emil, he goes, you're very good at this. You would do great across the street. And I said, what's across the street? And he said, Division 10, maximum security. <laughs> and I said, I remember looking right at him and I said, you can call Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I think I even gave him the phone number. I said, maybe they'll send somebody down because I'm not going into maximum security. I'm not going to deal with any gang members or with any anybody who's murdered or raped or whatever their charges are in there. Because, you know, you're dealing with the maximum felonies if they're inside of maximum security at the jail. And then, you know how this program works, driving home once again, mm. that higher powers tapping me on the shoulder, thus the word dichotomy, like the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other, you know, the devil telling you, you shouldn't go in there, the angel saying, you need to go in there, you could probably help somebody. So needless to say, that's kind of where I have been for the last five years, you know, the pandemic pulled me out of there for like a year and a half, I just got my ID back last week. So I haven't been in the jail in a year and a half, but now they're bringing me back on the 30th. And where are they sending me? Immediately to the psychiatrists that are there. I had worked with the Dr. Augustine. She's leaving on Friday. I worked with the Dr. Claire Surak. She left last month. Um, so now they're going to put me with the Dr. Hughes. And these are the, your psychologists and psychiatrists that are at a county jail. And what I do is I'll go into 8 RTU, it's called. It'd be Division 8 RTU, and the RTU is Residential Therapeutic Unit. So on the 30th of this month, that's where I'll be going in to work with them. You're deep in the weeds on me now, right now. You're deep in the weeds. So so you you have an AA meeting there. So you're bringing the message of experience, strength, and hope to people who are incarcerated. And they're there because they, they want... They want hope. They want something better than what, in many cases, got them there. Right. Um, so it's a scenario unlike, you know, a AA meeting at a country club. Right. Oh, You're, it's a whole different scenario. Right. It really is. Yeah. It, you know, we used to get people used to say, like, uh, Gary asked you, he said, do you want to come into the jail with me? We used to be able to get passes, and it's really just gotten really difficult. And we almost have to uh, – we just have to really – like pre-check a person to make sure. I always want people to come to our meetings, which are at the end of the month. The last Wednesday of the month, we have a corrections meeting that's held downtown at Castle at 180 uh, North Wabash. 
And that's the last Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. And if they come to maybe five, six meetings and I see that they're interested in maybe going to the jail and they want to hold a meeting, then I'll try to get them an ID. And a lot of people will quit. I used to find if I got you an ID and you went in and you didn't like it, you'd leave. And then the county started to get upset with me because right. they're giving IDs to right. these people. So, so you got you got guys that are you got guys that are in and, and they've got a they've got a time frame. Um Tell me about the impact you think is being made. I mean, if I'm – well, first of all, drugs in, are available in, inside. Everywhere. Everywhere. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so it's not like they're in a drug-free zone. No. Right? So they're combating this problem. So they still have a choice. They still if, have a if, choice. If they want to use or not. And But yet they're – you know, their prognosis for freedom could be anywhere from 5 to 15, 25 years, whatever the case may be. Or never. But – but they just want life better inside. I mean, it's you know what? If they're caught, if they're caught smoking pot, a lot of the guys that I deal with, if they're in a therapeutic unit, mm-hmm. it's almost like they have a therapeutic unit. They have uh, your maximum security. They've got general. I mean, I can give you all the divisions, right, right. but it takes us again forever. But if they're in a boot camp or they're in a therapeutic unit, or they're in a part of a jail where they have to remain sober and they have to be disciplined. Right. They can't act up, or they lose that privilege, and they put them back where they were. So a lot of times when I first started going there, when they first put me in Division 10, I would get probably about that amount of guys. Maybe 10, 12 guys would come to the front of the tier. Now, the guards are behind you with radios. You actually go out on the tier, and you have 10 guys. you got 50 guys about to a tier. So you'll have 10 that will come up front. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened to me is that when you're new there— a lot of times they're flushing the toilet, making noise, and making fun of you because they don't want to get sober. That's the last right. thing they yeah. want to mm-hmm. do. And after you're there for a while, what I what I would do is I would bring things in. I learned very early on that if you're going to try to hold an AA meeting, you need alcoholics. If you're anywhere in a therapeutic unit, like when I go into um, when I go into Advocate Christ Hospital on Fridays, instead of them putting me into the chemical dependency unit, they put me in the behavioral mm-hmm. unit into Five South. And the reason they do that is because. I've got a better experience at working with people when they have an alcohol drug problem or if they have a caffeine smoking problem, relationship problem. So I can take the Hazelton material, right. perhaps through that book by maybe Larson and Haggerty, Believing in Myself. I can take mm-hmm. a, a self-esteem issue and start to turn it around mm-hmm. to the sense that where I'll type things up out of these books and bring them into the hospital or the jail, and then I'll leave them. With these things, I'll take like maybe five things and type them up, and then we'll either discuss them or we'll go through them. And they're based on, I'd say, more self-esteem than mm-hmm. they are on an alcoholic issue. So what happens when you do that? You start to get everybody interested instead of just the alcoholics. So after I'm there for about six months, one day I walk in, and all 50 of these guys are seated. And there's two shrinks from the jail that mm. are there. So now I'm really nervous because I'm thinking the shrinks are going to look at me and say, how does that make you feel, Emil? Yeah, you know, right. I'm thinking I'm going to get that <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, what I did is just I did exactly what I told you. I handed out material, and then we reviewed it, and they were all like just with it. It was strange to see for me, and the strangest part of all, if you guys ever had any kind of an epiphany from your from your drinking— it's like when the big guy speaks to you, it's very bizarre how it happens. Now, I held this class. I passed out these things. And a doctor, she walked up to me afterward, and she said, you know, two of the guys asked if I had talked to you. And I said, about what? And she goes, well, we have attorney-doctor privilege here. They think that I've talked to you because you were dead on the topic. Oh, you, it's right. what we talked about all week. And it made the hair on my arm stand mm. up. 
You know, so, because man, so that's really cool. You're working the twelve step, right? I mean, you're sure. you're out there doing it, but a lot of us don't have the whatever. We we haven't been spoken to yet with that that epiphany about moment. the jails. That's right about the jails. But how I, can, I've been spoken to and I've ignored it. So how can people? I guess you know. Let's get right to the cut to the chase. How can people help you help them? Well, a lot of times. If I get normal, you know what? It's very strange the way it happens. The guys that come in that seem to want to work on the jail have just an uncanny ability to deal with the criminal mind. And I've seen guys that have felonies. You need to have 10 years free of a felony to even get an ID for the background check. Um, but they have that ability to work with the guys that are in jail. You know, when you look at our entire program, when you think about Dr. Bob or Bill and you look at their personalities— you know, Dr. Bob was a quiet man, more or less, yet he was the one that would tell Bill, let's keep this thing simple. And that's as simple as it really gets. Bill was the talker. Bill was the guy that probably would use the word conundrum or paradox or yeah, right. certainly my dichotomy. But, you know, he was the one that always had the big words. You could tell that when you read the 12 and 12 or even the 1 through 164 in the big book. But there is something with the higher power that put them two together, and there's something with the jails that I've seen with the people that I work with. It's the same, it's the same scenario. It's yeah. almost like you know, is everybody should everybody go in and try it? No, no. So, so what are the people that aren't going to go in and try it do? How to? Because you got this coin thing that you do. You got other ways That's, to help put books into the into the 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 thing that they can do are grapevines if you guys have looked at the grapevines lately do you remember the old grapevines sure. had staples in them right, right. they don't anymore okay. they're all glued so all those grapevines now can go into the jail okay. they're not allowed to have a metal at the jail so here's one thing where people don't think that if you're incarcerated or that if you know they don't think they can make a change now one guy one time in the jail at, at one of my meetings he said to me you know we can have coins like the regular inmates or the regular right. uh, people on the outside can so that's when i called you mikey and i was telling you that i need some paper coins and what we had ladies and gentlemen is mike set me up with a guy i can't remember his name mark uh, mark yeah and i mean mark was just great and it took me two years to get this coin it's a paper coin and it says 24 hours on it it's got our unity service recovery it's acceptable to go into the it's, jails and it took two years to get the paper approved because they kept jamming the paper into the lock so they could get out at night and watch the tv they couldn't get out of jail yeah, but they really? could get out of their cell and get like into the day room oh wow so right. it took it took mark a while to get this paper approved. to where it was it had yeah. to be the right chemicals had, and everything just, else it just had to yeah, be right. i don't know right. what they finally did, but they finally got approved. Well, lo and behold, you know, all you alcoholics that are listening to me out there, I know you've got OCD like I do. So when I got out and you people saw these coins, these paper coins, what I did is I put an American flag and a Chicago flag with 24 hours on the coin. The flags are in a triangle form. And it says, you know, to yourself, be true a day at a time. Um, and it's got the serenity prayer on the back. And the reason that I did use to yourself be true is because the uh, the trademark to thine own self be true comes from um, I don't remember which one if it's Othello it's a Shakespearean quote okay. but I'm not sure what play right. but they do have it trademarked and I didn't want to try to bring AA into something where it would be a trademark infringement right. thing so I thought it was just best to come up with uh, to yourself be true because that's basically what it right. means and then I what I did is I made a bunch of coins that are metal coins metal this started. Coins. This started with one, and the right. reason I say OCD is because I was only going to have one or two, and now we've got like 12. Right. 
So it's really growing. And I, I've, I have several of them, and they are high quality. Well, I brought you guys some, so you'd have yeah. something. You oh, know, that's I'm, awesome. Thank I brought you. you a little, you know, a gift pack, so you have something yeah. for yourselves. So, it, but, so, it, but this is, this is the thing. People can check out your website, which will be in our resource room. Sure. And they can buy a coin. If they buy one, it puts a big book in jail. It puts so, a big book. That is so awesome. So there's no... Oh, man, that's awesome. Aren't those beautiful, high-quality coins? Oh, my coins? gosh. Cool. Now, you know what's kind of funny, too, is now Will County. I've got to take an uh, orientation course now for Will County, <clears throat> which is coming up on the 21st of mm-hmm. this month. So they're going to issue me a second ID. This is unheard of. Normally, if you have one ID to go into a jail, they won't give you another ID. So I don't know if it's the pandemic. I guess right. I'll see when I get in there. Because you do have to let them know that you're going to Cook County Jail. And the reason they don't want to give you another ID is they think you might be a mule. They think that you right. might be a, sure. you know, carrying drugs carrying back stuff. forth. So people right. like you guys right away would look at me and say, it's going to be a cavity search, Emil. Yeah, right. They're going to be checking right. you wherever right. you go. Right. Yeah. I bought you a green one, too. And then oh, I said, give you a green man. pen I, for tomorrow. I think, awesome. the, I think the big takeaway for me here is I don't think that um, everyone's got the wherewithal uh, or the gumption to go into a jail. But I think it's an important um, field to to be paying attention to, and you got guys like Emil are out there. So, you know, my wrap is is check out the website. Um, it, again, it'll be in the resource room. It's dub 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 dot. It's it's put a book in jail dot com, but it's also under the the heading of who won dot com. W H O and the number one who won dot com. And people are like, right. how did you get that? Yeah, who won? So. so yeah, and this would be a great way to support. You know, if you can't, uh, it's service work. Um, and, Emma, we certainly appreciate your uh, your efforts into the jails. And we hope that uh, us and our listeners can help support that cause even further. Yeah, I'm really blown away. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of speechless. And, I mean, I was loosely invited by my great-great-grand <laughs> sponsor, mm-hmm. who, who you know, uh-huh. And, and, and I mean, the first thing I thought of is, oh, my gosh, what would it feel like to have that door shut behind me? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's kind of where my right. head trash went. And, you know, um, and, man, it's really strong. I, I really, and, and I'm looking at these coins. Can we have these? You can. Yeah, because yeah, I think brought we, them. I think we, you know, we're going to take some pictures and get them out there for our listeners. And, right. You Again, know. We'll, we'll get a link to it on the, in the yeah, resource room really, as well. Yeah, that's really, really good stuff. I did want to take a moment and just read one of these things that I do bring into awesome. the jail. Let's just so that we can get the, that. let that the people great. know on the outside. Yep. Awesome. What I do is I'll type something up. I believe this one came out of maybe the promises or touchstones from Hazel's, uh, Hazelton. So this one starts with a quote from uh, Byron Janice, and it says, It used to be that if I had a good working day, I thought I was a wonderful person, but otherwise I thought I was a terrible person. Huh. Now, what does he mean by that quote? So how often are we buoyed up by the successes and achievements only to be let down on an unsuccessful day? If we do well or have a good day, then we may feel we're good people. But if our day has gone badly or we've made a mistake, then our self-image becomes negative and critical. No matter what happens, no matter what our achievements, we're still good people inside. No one can be wonderful all the time, except maybe Mike. 
Um, a good day on the job doesn't mean we're good, and a bad day doesn't mean we're bad. We can look at our self-image and see how we really feel. Then we can remember that we are good no matter what we feel. We may not be who we want to be. We may not act the way we want to act. We may not live the way we want to live, but we have the power to change all those things as long as we look inside and see the way that we are. We're good inside. How do I see myself? Today I can look within and ask for the courage to see good. Now, this is very basic, but if you guys have read the big book, then you know that we agnostics has to lead you into the the spirituality portion of our Mm -hmm. program, which has to be done to me through self-esteem. The only way to really find that higher power is to get past your own egotistical ways. And if you guys are anything like me, you know that when that mind starts to go, the only way for me to rebound is to get alone, to say a prayer, to, to do the things that are necessary for me to get back on track. And I have found with the guys in jail, a lot of times they get bored. If you start talking theology right off the bat, God this, God that, and tell them that, look, it's a higher power and try to convince them, they still don't right. want to hear it. Right. Right. So you almost have to come in with a with something that's a synopsis of a, a, a breaking the ego apart type literature that would let them know that, hey, even though you're here, you're a good person. Don't worry about it. You know, you're going to be getting out. If you want to see how good or what you can do or what you can actually find in your change of your character, in the change of your character, you know, you're going to have to find that out by doing this on your own. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's just yeah. I've learned so deeply that when you go in, I remember one time I went, it was near Thanksgiving, and they handed me a card, and it was signed. It had all their all their little uh, jail m- remarks on there, like Tattoo Boy, and mm-hmm. they had everything. But it was signed, <laughs> it, it was to Mr. Dichotomy. <laughs> now, being the alcoholic awesome. I am, do you want to know what I recognized right off the bat? That they misspelled Dichotomy oh, oh, right off the bat. That's the first thing hey, I thought. Thank you for doing all this stuff, <laughs> hey, man. man this is, yeah, this we is hope real to support stuff. you. We hope our listeners will and pop up really and support you, too. It really impacted me that he walked in, there's 50 guys sitting there. I mean, that's that's I know. progress. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Dude, Emil, man you're coming, you guys in. coming in. Have to right. get you guys into the jail. All yeah. right, man. Thanks, Emil. Love it. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.